there. I'm so I was so thrilled by having so many lovely faces on the screen there. I forgot to put the countdown up, but hey ho, here we go. Uh, welcome everybody to Speaking About Speaking End of Term Special. Yay! So yeah, we've we've got to the end of July and we're all still here and looking forward to a summer break. So I'm going to go around the screen, uh, starting to my right probably on the left on the on that one ella ella you are social media guru you are personal branding lady and uh, you're a weightlifter which i think is really interesting so tell us ella what are you up to for the summer oh well we just returned from well first of all good afternoon everybody and um we returned from paris last week jackie so we've had our sort of little summer holiday because we tend to go on holiday at christmas time uh to the canaries hopefully Ooh. as long as there aren't any wildfires um but, <laughs> but yes we've just been to paris and had a lovely had a lovely few days away it was absolutely gorgeous it's still the city of romance in my view yes Yes, it's lovely. And the pictures you brought back or the pictures that you were you were sharing on social media of the Eiffel Tower. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Thank you, Ella. Sarah, Sarah, best-selling author of uh, Little Book of Confusables and Freelancers, uh, Survival for Survival Casual. Skills for Freelancers. <laughs> uh, and uh, bird watcher and and self-confessed nerd. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> So what are you up for you up to for your summer holes? Yeah, not much actually. <laughs> you saying that it doesn't feel that much like summer to begin with now anyway, but um I am going to the Lake District at the end of August with my partner and my two kids, which is lovely. It's also at the moment they're both home. So George is home from uni and Amy's home after traveling uh, for three months around Southeast Asia, she's looking for a proper job. And in the meantime, she's working behind the bar at the gym, which is also coincidentally my second office. So it means I get to see more of her, it's lovely. Brilliant, oh, good idea, good idea. And Trisha, also best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and um, squasher, and rock climber, again, amazing amazing hobbies you ladies have uh, what are you up to this summer trisha um yeah oh sorry sorry uh, Sarah did that so yeah. um right <laughs> i'm sure about the best selling bit but yeah it's a good book um i am but and i must tell you that it's very rarely rocks jackie because that's kind of overestimating my skills i'm an indoor climber but i have tried out some rocks and yeah, uh, interesting. But I'm on a I'm on a journey, and I'm definitely getting better at the indoor climbing. But the, uh, the couple of holidays we've already had, one was in the Peak District where I did scramble up some sort of rock. Um, one was in the Surrey Hills, which was in a shepherd's hut, which we go to every year and just walk and go to the local pubs, and it's gorgeous. And because we, ha I have only grown up, very grown up kids. Um, we don't tend to go very far afield. I also live by the sea. So during the summer holidays, because it sort of makes more sense to go off peak times. So my biggest excitement is next month when I officially become an old age pensioner. <laughs> wow. You don't look old enough, Trisha. No, you don't don't look old nice, enough, Ella. I, I expect everybody now to be going, oh, no, she can't be. No, seriously, I'm, I'm loving it. I'll get my free bus pass and all the rest of it. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. So you'll be able to do that, that lovely sightseeing along the beach and along the, the seafront. Brilliant. I'm sure you've not done that before. Well, we've got Mark Masters in the in the house. So hello to Mark. He says, Hi all. Lovely to see you all in the same video space together. Lovely. Thank you for being here, Mark. Um, yeah, so all of us. Well, let, okay, so what am I doing for the summer? I'm uh, off working next week, back to Pinewood. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm away for 10 days driving down to France with some friends. So that will be very nice. So really looking forward to that. Um, but here we are, four ladies in a video space together, all with speaking experience behind us. Uh, Trisha and myself, both from a sort of a performing background. But Ella and Sarah, you are both from from sort of different backgrounds it's the per performance that isn't necessarily been your thing although Ella I know that you've had the singing experience in the past and Sarah I know you've done hip-hop dancing I have indeed I'm also in a choir <laughs> <laughs> and you're in a choir so there is a there's a certain amount of performance I suppose then in in, in everything we do but what um let's start with with Ella Obviously, we worked together on a, on a talk you put together, but you were a teacher for 30 years. So I think when you've been teaching, and I certainly come from a, a teaching background too, you are kind of you used to standing up in front of a group of people. So was the transition into speaking any different than standing in front of a class full of kids? Um, yes, it is different. I mean, obviously, you've got those presentation skills because, you know, you have to you have to be confident in presenting in order to be uh, uh, a competent teacher, putting information across and everything else. But um, certainly the difference to me is that there are transferable skills that are clear, but then the, the difference is, is that you are imparting knowledge very much when you are a teacher, whereas the whole kind of putting personality into your present presenting and the storytelling elements and that kind of thing of as well is that, that that audience doesn't have to be there when you're presenting to them whereas when it's you're teaching I know they still don't have to be there but you know they're kind of there under duress aren't they because you're teaching a class of kids or a class of adults so yeah you've really I think you know you've taught me that Jackie that it's it's that whole thing about remembering that your audience wants to hear something from you and it's got to be it's got to stick in their mind and make them make make you memorable to them yeah yeah so how do you do that what's what's your your little trick how do how do you get people listening and engaged <laughs> well I show videos of myself from when I was on the Silla Black show in the 1970s <laughs> <laughs> If you recall, well, Mark will know this, obviously, from Creator Day when I spoke last year. And, you know, Jackie, we were trying to come up with like a hook, weren't we, for how we were going to get yeah. people's attention. And I said, oh, I remember being I was on a beep. I was on the BBC when I was in I was I was like nine years old or 10 years old or whatever. And, we actually, and I actually managed to dig out a bit of video from Facebook through via YouTube. And there was me singing with Scylla Black. So, yeah, I think sort of like a little childhood story or something a little bit quirky, a little bit off the wall. That's a great way for you to be remembered. And to finish with that as well, um, yeah. so that your story goes full circle. I think that's a really, a really, um, yeah, effective way of being remembered. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What, what, what are your thoughts on that, Tricia, being from well, that performance background and, and you know, engaging yeah. at an audience? Yeah. Interestingly, what Ella said was exactly what I did in the TEDx talk. You know, I started with with a story and I ended with a story um, and yeah, it, it was obviously relevant to the message. Um, and yeah, storytelling is definitely a good way of getting people right in there with you, but be being careful not to just get overindulgent in storytelling because um, like you did, Ella, like I did, it, we, we're making it relevant to the, the theme that what we're saying. And that of course, is relevant to the people that are going to be there. So, yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things. It's funny because with acting, you know, in the in the first place, I was doing more the conventional theatre stuff, and in a way, there's a sort of wall between you and the audience. Um, mm -hmm. Although you kind of got to get through it in terms of the emotions, you're not you're not directly connecting to them in the same way that I then learned to do when I started doing one woman, one woman shows and speaker, entertainment speaker uh, stuff, even cabaret at one stage, that's a whole nother story. Um, but I then it was much more, I was really there at, and they were really there. And there wasn't a pretense that, you know, uh, that there was a separation sort of thing. Um, so that involved a different kind of vibe. And frankly, I enjoyed both, but I particularly like that feeling of being able to break through. And I think a lot of people, when they start speaking, the, the very idea of being on a structure called a stage or something like that, or even up front, sort of puts all ideas that this is a conversation out of mind. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. it is, <laughs> I'm being a speaker. Mm -hmm. um, and actually in those you know, obviously it is different in theatre and all that sort of, but in most concepts of being a speaker, you are having a conversation and you do need to. And do you know what one of the best ways of creating a really good um, engagement with an audience I've discovered is um, a sort of vulnerability, but I don't mean a oh, woe is me kind of vulnerability. I mean, just to sort of look, we're all in this together kind of thing when something goes a bit wrong um some bit of text gone wrong there's nothing more engaging than having a bit of a laugh about it so oh, didn't expect that to happen and you're in that's it you've cracked yeah. it you're yeah through. yeah you can that's deliberately make something go wrong i'm suggesting yeah. <laughs> but it is it is you know you have to have that rapport with the audience don't you yeah. and you know that is more difficult when you're performing and you are playing a character and the audience aren't meant to get involved when you're a speaker and actually, you know, you're trying to engage them and, and impart knowledge to them or some kind of information, you want them on your side and you want them to be engaged. And really it is about them. And unless unless you're talking about something that is going to um, be relevant to them, then they're not going to they're not going to listen. So, you, yeah, you need to build that that rapport. Um, Sarah, what about about you? What's your, what's your hook when you when you start a talk? I guess hooking the audience in with curiosity, I think is pretty important. So I might put out, I might kind of hint at what I'm going to cover and and do a, a, a sort of something that's maybe a bit unexpected. 
um, I use humor, I'll try to. Um, I also have really good looking slides. People always, if I'm at an event and I'm speaking and there are lots of other speakers as well, although I have to say You Are The Media is an absolute exception because everybody's slides are just phenomenal. <laughs> But in a lot of events that I've spoken at, people will say, oh, wow, your slides really stand out and really hooked us in. So that's that's always nice. But I think certainly having stuff that people can relate to, showing that empathy and I guess just the same as as, as I do in copywriting, showing that you understand the position that the audience are in currently and hinting about how you're going to get them from where they are now to where they want to be, like, outcome focused that's that's probably the best of it yeah 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 so so let's let's move on then to to experiences that, that you've had where maybe the tech has gone wrong or something has happened when you're you're there in front of those people something that either um in, engaged you more with the audience or kind of stopped you from from building any kind of rapport and wanting the wanting the stage to open up and for you to fall into it who wants to who wants to go go first with that one yeah I'll go first <laughs> um, so first of all I've got like a little relatable example of uh of, of something that I did want I don't know if it's relatable actually but you did mention the fact that I'm an obsessive birder and uh, I also have real difficulty with focus I struggle with focus. So when I'm talking now, I always have to have my blind shut. Otherwise, I get distracted by the birds in my cherry tree, which are opposite my eye line right now. And it was early days after COVID when we everything was on Zoom and I was delivering a webinar and I got distracted and went, oh, look, a heron. <laughs> As if anybody who was on my webinar could see out of my window and notice that a heron had just flown by. But in terms of tech letting you down, oh, I had like the worst example. I was doing a, a talk that I had created with some other experts in the field for a professional body. And it was the last talk. It was supposed to be kind of the highlight at the end of the entire day. And it was about imposter syndrome. And I'd had pre-talks with these other experts. We discovered, um, discussed what we were going to talk about. I was going to manage it all and lead the way and kind of guide everybody through. And on the day, I'd put so much into it. I was so prepped and I was just really itching to go. And then for some reason, I was with a different internet service provider back then, naming no names, Virgin Media. And I just lost my wi-fi connection completely so i thought okay well you do the thing that you obviously the next best thing is to go on the 4g on your phone and the 4g died as well so i couldn't tell whether people could hear me i was just talking into the ether and it wasn't getting through and it was horrendous i was so prepped and so excited and i came off that call and i sobbed for two hours and then i changed my isp <laughs> I never want that to happen to my worst enemy not that I have a worst enemy but if I would just never wish that on anybody it's just awful awful experience I felt like I'd let everybody down and yeah stressed about it for, for days 
I think the well, worst of it is as well that you, if you're so prepped and you're so excited about doing it and you just want to share it, I know that. For, and that's where I try to, you know, when I'm working with people is you want to get them to that point where they're like, they're, they're, they're so well rehearsed. They can't yeah. wait to get up there and get it done. And then something like that happens oh, mm. for you. I, I, I have to intersperse about Virgin. I think this is a great opportunity, a great platform. I have literally just ditched them um, and it's taken three days to get round the bot circuit to actually get them understanding that I'm I'm leaving. I'm really leaving. I really am leaving. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, that's a book in itself. But anyway, um, sorry. This is great. This, this is a whole burning <laughs> bashing thing. Um, so while I think, I'll just, if you don't mind me barging in, I'll give a little story. Um, this is about this is about being brave enough to say no. Actually, when you get asked to do something and you think it isn't necessarily going to be right for you, a good fit, as they say. So I have an in the sort of non-business world the. Um, I've been involved in for, for ages. I do lots of little entertaining pieces on the speaker circuit, which is more of a kind of community speaker circuit. So it includes WIs, friendship clubs, ladies clubs, yacht clubs. And in this case, and word has spread over a couple of decades of me doing this, I was asked by somebody to give a talk at the end of a day's conference and they knew exactly what the talk was because they'd seen me do it. And it was funny. Um, and it was a conference of all the people who are on the Samaritan call line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I said over and over again, I said, are you sure this is right? You know, oh, they'll want some light relief. They'll want, that'll be perfect for the <laughs> end of perfect so I walk into this space and I'm, I'm very intuitive I'm very instinctive about fit and audiences and vibe um and the rapport thing is really important to me and and I just knew they were all in huddles all very serious they're just processing everything they've done during the day and I oh my god this is wrong this is totally the wrong piece but I kind of committed at this stage. So I sort of did it. But, and people, this this is something that I think happens as a natural instinctive brain body thing. Um, although I'm a very experienced speaker, I did the thing that you're not really meant to do, which was I panicked and thought, I need to get this over and done with really quickly. So I'll go really fast. <laughs> and of course, that makes it even less engaging. And, and then, you know, then what the heck? And I'm thinking, this is awful. I'm doing this really badly. And I don't want to be here. And it was just horrendous. And I walked out. But the lesson learned was I should have said no. I should have said no. I honestly don't think I thank you for inviting me. I wish you a great day. But I just don't think this is going to be a good fit. Um, and I've learned that since. And also in the business world, you know, you you might well get asked to do something and part of your brain says, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I want, to I want to be visible. I want and the other part needs to just have a little word with that part, say, Mm, you sure about this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a very wise piece of advice there is, you know, learn when to say no. And it's okay to say no. You know, nothing, nothing bad's gonna happen. It's just, yeah, you have to 
choose choose carefully sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what about you anything anything that you want to uh, report <laughs> well I think so some of my worst public speaking experiences have actually been when sort of delivering um assemblies in school <laughs> as you can imagine I know I know I mean that's it's like just like the worst audience really I mean I don't know what assembly I think I think assemblies are very sort of different now and I, I'm not quite even quite sure how often they have them have them at uh even at primary school these days, but certainly when I was teaching, it was like, you know, we had assembly every morning and, oh God, it was just, it was really kind of like you would, and, and I was I was a senior leader at the time. So I was like expected to, expected to, 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 to lead assembly with something stimulating. And, oh God, you just want, you were standing there at the front of the, um, in, front of, in front of, you know, 120 kids or whatever it was 250 kids just wishing that you know it would go as quickly as possible really Tricia you're right <laughs> I don't think there was ever one occasion I'm sorry to say that was one of my great failings there were lots of things that I achieved I think really well as a teacher but one of my great failings was to not deliver a scintillating assembly yeah <laughs> I wanted you know it, as you say they're the worst possible audience because it, it, they don't want to be there. They really don't want to be there. And it's like, you know, what can you say that's going, going to entertain 150 no. teenagers or, you know, it's just on a high to nothing, really. Yeah, I mean, it's just typical of that audience that we were saying, I was saying at the very beginning of like, you know, how, how do you find something that's going to cover, you know, kids from age 7 to 11? Mm, yeah. <laughs> got a, a wide range of listening ability attention span and everything else it's just oh you're you're not hiding to nothing yeah yes well if i mean if there's anybody out there watching listening mark masters if you have anything that you'd like to ask anything you'd like to interject any kind of your own embarrassing funny speaker stories then please do put them in the comments if you're watching the replay after we've gone live with this then again do feel free to put comments uh, below the video, wherever that is, obviously after you've subscribed, wherever you do that. Um, and we'll we'll endeavour to get back to you. Um, in terms of mine, I don't think I've had any really bad tech stuff apart from, again, getting really excited about presenting to the NHS. It was a group of NHS uh, people. And I'd been asked to do a 10-minute presentation on Zoom. And when it came, it was on Teams. And I hate Teams. Why do people oh, use yeah. Teams? Never works. Never, <laughs> never, never works. And I, I came to do this. And lucky enough, I was the second speaker. And uh, because I realized quite quickly that nobody could see me and I couldn't see anybody. And so while the first speaker was speaking, I was desperately trying to get my visuals to work. I, I came in, I went out, I came back in again, I did all of that stuff. And eventually, and I'd got, I, I don't know if I'd got, uh, I think I may well have had some some slides. I don't always have slides. Um, but yeah, I could use nothing. There was nothing at all. So I had to do it completely uh, audio friendly which actually in the long run was slightly better because I actually ended up reading it <laughs> on, 
I'd practiced and prepared and done everything. And I'd got bits of paper stuck up all over the place with bullet points and everything else, which is, uh, is obviously when you're doing a presentation on Zoom is easy enough to do. Uh, but actually, at the end of the day, they couldn't see me. So I was just able to actually read everything that was there. So in a way, it came out probably slightly, slightly better. But, but yeah. I mean, the other stories I have are, are really performance ones when you're actually on stage in character and something happens. And I know, Tricia, you've got a couple of those. But I had one when I was in a, in a very small um, theatre above a pub, basically a room above a pub, a two-hander, me and another actress. And we were, I mean, it was quite an intense play as well. It was just the two of us just getting quite, it was quite intimate because the audience are practically on the, on the stage with you. And we had, it was a, a living room set and, when, and there was a picture on the wall. And as we were talking, this huge framed picture fell off and the glass smashed all over the floor. Oh, no. And so, and I'm, um, I had a pair of slippers on, but the other lady, the other actor had, uh, was barefoot. So I'm now in my head thinking of the lines and I'm continuing to speak the lines. And obviously she's, we've, we've both obviously clocked what's happened and, but we carried on and I don't know how we did it, but my character thankfully was a bit of a, a house proud silly woman really and so I managed in my head I'm thinking I know there's a dustpan and brush in the room next door <laughs> off stage I could go and get that so I've walked off into the dressing room next door I'm still talking still doing my lines we're still carrying on I've come back with this dustpan and brush and I, as as we're continuing I've lifted up lifted up the rug <laughs> the stage just started sweeping the glass underneath the rug and we just continued and just yeah just do, yeah do you know what? it's really weird because I had I had a similar thing happen but it didn't have glass in it um this was a long time ago but a picture fell off a stage set um and it was um it was full of magic and weirdness and superstition and spiritual um happenings this particular play so I just wove it into like the poltergeist type thing yeah. yeah and and I don't know but I must be a bit masochistic because I actually live theater and the possibility of all that happening and I still go out there on the sort of um entertaining speaker circuit and occasionally do performance fringe performance but the the thrill of the idea that something weird and unexpected happened I actually I can't kind of get a buzz from it. <laughs> because you always have to. And actually, this is relevant to general things. I'll shut up in a minute. But I no, always no, describe it, on. and you'll get this as sort of, you'll all get this as having um, almost like you are split in two levels. So you've got, you're doing your thing, you're performing or speaking or presenting, whatever it is. And then this bit here is, I think you know, that slide's not going to come up. I've just realised that uh, my shoe's about to fall off. I just, uh, this odd, somebody's just walked out. Why have they walked out? I said, oh, hang on a minute. There's a funny noise. The air conditioner's just going. You're doing all of those kind of things on this extraordinary other level while still able it's not that you're not focused it's not that you're not it's not that you're not giving a good presentation it's you you have to just retain same with acting i mean if you've got an emotional scene you need to get it sort of emotional whilst not suddenly <laughs> falling into sobbing fit and unable to perform or say any of your lines or leave the stage when you're supposed to so you have to sort of be incredibly close to the edge 
of something and yet retaining that little thread of connection to the mundane and yeah, yeah. And, and I just encourage people to keep doing this if they're new to it because actually it is quite a bit of a thrill when you get to realize that that's what you've just done um yeah. but it, it it's not instant like like me being able to climb up the top of a wall isn't instant it's yeah. it's very thrilling when like you with your weights and you spotting a rare bird or whatever it is it's just very thrilling when it happens yeah. so I mean that's that that's what it did interest me and I was saying this to uh to to Trisha and Ella before you came on Sarah that that you know when I was putting together you guys and sort of uh writing the description I realized that you all have this other this part these pastimes you know Ella with her um her weightlifting Trisha with the uh wall climbing <laughs> and, and you with your with your bird watching and I just wonder yeah. why it is and I wasn't sure whether it's just something that makes us um I mean I don't know what mine is yoga or whatever but it just that kind of uh wanting to work for yourself because we we all have these other interests it's not all about the work and actually what we bring to our work is the fact that we are all quite sort of diverse in our interests and you know mm. it's not all about what we do so mm. Sarah how does that how has that kind of how, how has the bird watching kind of helped with with what you do or who you are Ooh, uh, I guess I guess the big thing for me is about taking time, appreciating. I mean, it's taken me, anybody who's read Survival Skills for Freelancers will know it's taken me years to get to the stage where I've realized and recognized the value of taking time out and doing those things that really restore me and regenerate my activity and um, my energy even, because those things help with my productivity and focus. So as long as I'm feeling like my life is well-rounded and it's not just work, I don't work weekends, I don't work Fridays and haven't for a few years. And those things, being able to have that space in my life where I can prioritize and focus on those things that restore me that for me is that's what it's all about so having that balance you know people say oh you, you can't have work-life balance when you're self-employed no that's rubbish of course you can you just have to work at it you have to know what your boundaries are and you have to get to the stage where you you recognize those things that you need in your life to keep you at your most focused your most productive when you are working so um yeah for me it's it's been a lot to do with that but then I think there are other things like I'm also a massive movie nerd and I think it's probably worth mentioning just because people who are watching this might benefit from it. Um, the whole thing with Twitter yesterday becoming X, it's so like ugh, cold and horrible. But I didn't realize that because what I was doing in the morning, I shared a tweet about the fact that I'd done the Barbenheimer thing. So I went to see Oppenheimer and Barbie over the weekend. And... I tweeted about it and BBC Radio Gloucestershire saw my tweet and called me and said, would you hop on and go live and talk about your experience of the films and what you thought? And I thought, this is what's really important that a lot of people don't realise. They're like, oh, I must be always on, always professional in my social media presence because it's my work persona. Again, this is something I don't especially believe in because when you like me are your business 
everything about who you are and what makes you who you are is valuable to what you you bring to your relationships with your clients, whether it's kind of ostensibly so or um, more directly or, or perhaps more indirectly. And the fact that I shared that on social media, it got picked up and then I had this opportunity to go on the radio. And I think the people who just go, oh, here's a link to a relevant article. Here's what I think about copywriting. Here's what I think about freelancing. That's all great stuff. And there's a lot of value in that. But at the same time, you're not giving people an opportunity to get to know the wider you the full rounded person. And I think that's really important. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely agree. And I think that's what makes us, certainly us four ladies on this screen, um, unique. And, (laughs) you know, it makes us what we, what we are. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, We are running slightly over time, but I think it would be nice if, uh, if you guys are okay to stay on for another five minutes, just to, to sort of round this up. I knew half an hour wasn't going to be long enough. Um, and Mark Masters says, tell Sarah I'm in Ledbury. Oh, oh, he's just up the road. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, Trisha, you were nodding away there uh, with what Sarah was saying. You obviously yeah, agree. Ab- absolutely. And it is a weird thing. When I first went into the um, world of setting up a business, as in communication coach, I mean, it was logical because it was based on everything I've done before and that includes my life as well you know so it includes the 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 mindset stuff and the learning and the self-doubt but also the actual you know raw cold face of communication stuff that I've done and the acting and all the rest of it but early piece of advice I was given wrong um was when I started mentioning you know my experience as an actor and um the reminiscence work I've done with people with dementia, which is like really at the cold face of communication and rapport building and instant trust and everything else. Um, and I was said, oh, nobody wants to know about that. And it kind of like, I felt quite wounded for a start because I was very naive in, and I was already very uptight about the business world because I had various demons to slay, um, having had a very successful businessman father and uh, stuff. Um, that face does everything. <laughs> um, so I, but this just set me back. And I spent, and this is what, and I talk about this really indirectly in my TEDx talk because I kind of start with an example of, networking phase one and I am with networking phase two which Mark Masters knows is a direct reference to uh, his community and that was the happy story um but it really it really set me back because I suddenly thought oh okay let's wrap up everything about me that isn't directly to do with me being a coach and I felt hey, squashed, didn't come up with that word until a couple of years or so, well, quite a few years later, actually, but it it described how I felt. I was squashing myself, um, and I had this odd idea that nobody would want, that I really shouldn't. It wasn't just that nobody would want to know, that it was really unprofessional to, and there's a balance, you know, I've got a ton of life experience that includes broken marriages and all sorts of stuff and narcissistic abuse and I could get really down and dirty with and some people say oh you should share more about that and I think I could but I'm balancing I'm really balancing that and when it comes out because it's totally relevant to something that's going to be helpful 
it will come out, but actually I don't want to make that the whole kit and caboodle. Um, that wouldn't suit me. It wouldn't yeah. wouldn't suit the way I want to live and think and be. So, um, but but yeah, to, but to, to hide everything, especially when it was so relevant. So yeah. if anybody ever gets given that little fob off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. But I think you are absolutely right about the balance too, because, you know, nobody wants to hear yeah. all of your, your deep, dark secrets just for the sake of it. You know, that's just that's over, you know, self-indulgent of the person telling you all that, if that's what they're doing, if they're doing it for themselves, if they're doing it for the audience and because it's relevant and will resonate with the audience, then that's a whole other matter. So it is finding that, that balance. But I think, you know, the, the, the the rock wall climbing and Ella I remember when we were doing your uh looking at your talk was I really wanted you to show those fantastic videos you would you were doing of yourself in the gym and putting on TikTok um uh, because they are so personal they are so part of your personal brand so do, uh, do you feel comfortable sharing those in your business persona in your in your, uh, in oh, your yeah, business definitely definitely you know because my business is is it's it's much more than just you know that I transitioned from one career from teaching to working in social media marketing it's about being an, an older person in the marketing industry you know it's about being a woman um in the marketing industry it's about um showing that you know we shouldn't let those barriers which which society tells us which is what Trisha was alluding to there with this squashing mm -hmm. um you know we shouldn't let that stifle our freedom in terms of you know what we feel we can achieve what we what we know you know we're only here once so I think that whole thing for me is even now in my late 50s is that you know I'm having my best life I feel fitter than I've ever felt yeah. you know I mean yeah I've got little twinges and and everything else Trisha will relate to this I'm sure with the the wall climbing but you but you persevere through it because that you know sense of achievement of being able to lift that weight or or what whatever it is or you know I mean you know I've got the most toned arms now than, than you know so 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 yeah so so that's what it's all that's what it's all about to me it's about living live being able to you know live my my best life but also to show other people that 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 that, that that's the more important thing showing other yes. people that they can do it yeah yeah and, and that's you know that's it we are we are coaches all of us in in our chosen fields and actually surely the people that we are coaching want to see us as examples of what yeah. they can be you know what is possible because we've you know we've all kind of got to a certain stage of life that we have this experience <laughs> and we've we've been through this stuff that we can actually pass on this knowledge you know that we are now look at us we are living our best lives we're happy we're doing what we want to do we are able to be ourselves and to show up as ourselves we are our own unique selling point and and that's that's what we're we're all here on this screen doing yeah. so thank you so much ladies it's it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy to share a screen with you all if you're out there watching the replay again anything you want to know about any of us then please do leave a comment let me just quickly before we finish up here show uh firstly we'll go with that sarah townsend editorial.co.uk is that where we can find you sarah yeah that'll do yeah all good <laughs> 
<laughs> and then Trisha, we have uh, trishalewis.com. Excellent. And then for Ella, uh, much more social. That's, I got the forward slash about you page there in that there. And there you go. That's powertospeak.co.uk. So lovely to see you all. Thank you for coming and have a fantastic, fantastic summer. Um, I'm going to be back here uh, middle of September. So I'll put the dates out and I'm going to uh, line up some really exciting people to be speaking. But I'm hoping you ladies might well come back at some point and share Absolutely. the screen with me again. Excellent. Well, lovely. Thank you so much for being here and we'll speak to you all soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.